Welcome to the Heady Conversations with Scott and Miranda. Welcome back, friends. Uh, we hope you had a lovely 420 celebration, uh, however you chose to celebrate, whether yeah. that was going out and getting in crazy lines and taking advantage of big deals or just uh, enjoying some cannabis in whatever way shape or form and nature and friendship and community we're uh, doing some community action yeah uh if you chose to uh do some of that yeah. for sure so we are here with you on um a special episode we went on a field trip to the national cannabis festival yeah and that was hot <laughs> I had I, so I haven't been anywhere in two years, and uh, I had forgotten how um, how steamy and and sun beady DC is. The combination of <laughs> not really having been to a large um, festival like atmosphere in a long time with the like first real big strong day of spring. Yes. As I said to someone who was in attendance with us, it was almost too nice of a day. You know, we just needed a couple yeah. of clouds in the sky to get that sun off of us a little bit. Uh, would have been real nice um, for all the things that the National Cannabis Festival did correctly. Uh, and I would say overall for both of us and and our compatriots, the, the people that were with us, it was an overall positive experience for sure. There was great music. There was a lot of great food. There was great music. Uh -huh. Shout out to my friend Jade, who played with the um, the Shamans of Sound down in D.C. Oh, there. Um, yeah, that was that was a cool experience for me to get to see her up there before Ghostface and Wiz got on stage later in the evening. I did not make it late enough for Wiz Khalifa. We're old. Um, Ghostface, <laughs> I, I heard Ghostface go on, uh, but I, we did not stick around for Wiz. Uh, we, we took off, or I think we got there a little bit before one and we ended up taking off, uh, sometime around seven ish, probably yeah. seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock, something like that. I don't know. It was a long day. <laughs> it was a long day. Uh, they, we could have used some more hydration stations, uh, or some any hydration stations, <laughs> We were never able to find the free water that was supposedly there. I did see some other people walking around with some free water that they had gotten. Um, but yeah. But yeah, they were. it was like a treasure hunt. It was too damn hot, folks, for y'all yeah. to not have water available for people all yeah. over the place. Uh, but otherwise, like we said, positive experience. We got to run into a ton of people that we have spoken with um, on the show before um, and also meet a bunch of new people that we intend to speak to in the, in future. the future. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of great like individuals out there doing some amazing work and also some great businesses out there that are that are just, uh, you know, going above and beyond. Um, let's see. Um we, I mean, I have a personal love of the Baltimore Harm Reduction Coalition, and they were there, and I feel like they should be at every festival 
that happens. And I think they are at a lot of them. Uh, and if that's a cause that's near and dear to your heart, you can certainly reach out to them and, uh, you know, probably volunteer. Uh, if you're not familiar with what they do, it's, you know, education and resources to help uh, prevent drug overdoses, prevent and treat drug overdoses, um, right. to, you know, make sure people are educated and safe um, in the spaces where they are and that they know how to react if somebody has an adverse uh, reaction or effect from something that they take, uh, whether it's yeah. knowingly or unknowingly. Um, you know, I, I know that you spoke to the, the people that were there talking about the testing. Absolutely. The drug testing. Um, yeah, this is something, again, near and dear to my heart. If you are going to music festivals and imbibing in whatever drugs that you possibly want to imbibe in, and I'm not saying it's a great idea, but there are kits out there that you can get to test your drugs. So you have safe interactions with them, hopefully. Um, and you want to make sure that you're getting clean drugs. So you don't end up in the hospital. Nobody wants that. Everybody wants to have a good time at a music festival, and you should absolutely be testing your drugs if you decide to do them. Um, Again, not advocating drug use, especially not hard drug use, but uh, we are also not the type to... But advocating safe drug use. Correct. Always. Uh, and education, again. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, which these folks do... Um, both of so yeah baltimore harm reduction coalition uh if you're in the area be more hrc at gmail.com is how you can reach out to them um if you suspect that you have come upon somebody who has had an overdose you can use the maryland poison center number at 1-800-222-1222 uh to report said potential overdose and hopefully get that person some help. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great, great overall. What is this? It's not a company organization organization. Yeah. Thank you. It's a great organization. <laughs> it's a great organization who is doing the good work to make sure that you are safe and healthy, healthy while you're having fun. And especially, you know, uh, where we are here in Baltimore, opioids are, you know, I mean, obviously all over the United States. There's uh, a giant fentanyl issue. Yeah. You hear about that uh, way too often, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, we also uh, sat and listened to a talk from uh, Gary Chambers and Doug Gansler. Um, For those who don't know or haven't heard us speak about Gary in the past, he is a gentleman running for Senate down in Louisiana who kind of um, uh, burned his way onto the scene (laughs) uh, when he smoked a blunt in his um, senatorial campaign ad and has made uh, the, you know, ending the war on drugs and, you know, bringing equity into the cannabis industry and expunging people's records. and At the forefront. Yeah, freeing everybody um, that's currently serving prison terms for cannabis convictions around the United States. I know he talks about freeing Kevin Allen all the time. Yeah. Uh, say his name. Uh, but yeah, we were lucky enough. And then Doug Gansler um, is, is the, the gubernatorial uh, candidate for Maryland. 
So to hear him speak on his platform was fairly interesting. Well, yeah, and and you know, as Doug talked about in their in their um, you know their openings, he comes to drug legalization from a very interesting perspective. Yes, because police and law enforcement. Yeah, I mean, he is a former uh, attorney general that was not only attorney general but also um, the head of the National Organization for Attorneys Generals, I believe is the correct way to say it. As a prosecutor, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, and he saw the you know. As we've talked about in the past, not only is the war on drugs uh, racist and terrible um, from so many different just personal um, standpoints, it's also just a huge waste of government resources um, to prosecute, to police, to um, house and incarcerate uh, folks for you know, uh, such a useful plant <laughs> that we know has medical benefits, um, but the the scheduling of such would not indicate those. Uh, anyway, uh, so the talk was hosted by... Um, Toya Hutchinson. Yeah, the CEO and director of Maryland, uh, or the Marijuana Policy Project, um, yes. who has been so integral in getting nationwide um, information and conversations uh, going and out there about, you know, legalizing in more places and again, you know, um, expunging and uh, freeing these people that are, uh, that have been victims of cannabis crimes yeah quote I unquote a, i thought it was a really informative and great panel honestly i mean three of those those three people getting together and having a conversation was 110 percent. i think the highlight of my day <laughs> it was i mean it didn't help there it didn't hurt that it was under the tent too yeah, and that, it, was, was nice. <laughs> it was nice and cool <laughs> while we were listening to them speak um even though gary was getting us fired up but uh, yeah, and Toy comes at it from an interesting perspective herself. She comes from Illinois, mm-hmm. um, where they were actually pretty successful in um, instituting, you know, because she talked again and again, right? It's not about it happening. It's also about how it happens, right? Right. And making sure that going forward, black and brown people have opportunities um, that have been you know, the um, the uh, disproportionately affected populations of the war on drugs to be, um, you know, not only allowed to participate as consumers, uh, but also as creators and business yes. owners and, you know, uh, whether it's legacy uh, being allowed into legal markets mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, training programs or... Um, yeah, uh, percentages of licenses being awarded, you know, there, there needs to be real equity, um, rather than performative allyship and, you know, virtual, uh, virtue signaling, uh, was one of the questions that was brought up from the audience at the event. Um, you could enter in questions that they would address. Um, one of the questions that they talked about up there, uh, was how far away they thought that national legalization was. And it was interesting to hear Gary say that he thought it was closer than people might realize. Yeah, um, I that, was surprised by that. That the analytics, you know, because look, people are always spending money to study this stuff. You know, <laughs> if if you think that the, you know, the beverage industry or the travel industry or the insurance, like every industry is spending money 
to see where people's, you know, as Gary said, taking the temperature yep. on where people are at with cannabis legalization in the United States. And it's, I mean, you know, depending on how you ask the question, sometimes as high as 90% toy set. Yeah. You know. It's crazy. So, I mean, hey, we may see it this year. Uh, yeah. Um, well, well, this calendar year, I don't know, this legislative session, session. I who knows? who knows? Like I said, we talked about the, a couple episodes again. The, the 10. Yeah, I mean, Toy talked about that. We, you know, well, and Gary talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to pay attention to your state house um, you, because that's where the congressional lines get drawn. That's where the... You know the uh, the voting maps are are created. The president and, only does but so much and has but so much power. You right. need to look at the Senate and Congress. Right, Schumer has the bill there. You know they can keep, as Gary said, you can keep passing stuff out of the House all day. Right. If the Senate's not going to pass it, it's not going to happen. Right. You know. And the president can veto it, but they can also take it back and rework it. Right. So the president doesn't have as much power as probably most people think he does <laughs> although hey joe if you're listening go ahead and reschedule buddy whenever yeah. you're ready uh we're, we're ready for you to just go ahead and reschedule and make this all so much easier um at the very least they did say that we should see the uh the banking side of things potentially right. go through this year and maybe even this legislative session because god knows they don't want to slow down the money uh because now <laughs> it's the, so much money well yeah you don't you don't think there's cannabis lobbyists now Oh. You know, you don't think the company is like true, true leave and for sure there are. I'm not trying to call anybody out. Look, if you're listening, it's just an example. Yeah. <laughs> just I, the first name Scott thought of. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm sure all these people have lobbyists there now. Uh, but yeah, in addition to that talk, uh, we ran into people from uh, last, prisoner, last project. prisoner project, which, you know, we talk about all the time. Um, I actually got a last prisoner project lighter from, uh, or a be noble lighter, um, Sweet. from yeah, answering a question at one of the stands where we stopped to talk to somebody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we talked to the equity brand, uh, free my weed man from up in Philadelphia. Uh, that was actually the only interview of the day that I did. Yeah. <laughs> Pull my we, recorder we, we out totally, for. We totally were prepared to go and, and record and interview people, but Look, it just y'all. wasn't the vibe. Yeah. When when we tell you that this event was chaotic, um, there were people of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds <laughs> all over the place. There was product being sold. There were demos being given. There was wrestling. There was a wrestling <laughs> ring in the middle of the whole thing. Uh, there was obviously the music festival going on with everything from DJs to reggae bands to, like we said, huge hip-hop acts like Wiz Khalifa and Ghostface Killa. Um, but yeah, some DC Go-Go in the oh, house, backyard band. Um, a ton of great food trucks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as the eye could see. Yeah. Uh, everything from ice cream to jerk chicken and tacos, tacos and carnival waffles. food, fried watermelon. Yeah. Chicken and waffles. <laughs> it's crazy. 
Um, I didn't realize there was some infused stuff there. Uh, well, there was tons of infused stuff there, but there were some some people there that I did not see um, that I follow and like. Uh, Treats by Trey. I saw them post on their Instagram uh, the day after. Oh no! Um, that they had been there, and I wish I had seen their stuff. It looked absolutely fantastic. I think they had some vegan ice cream. Oh nice! Uh, is what they were doing, and I got some ice cream. I totally would have gotten more ice cream. I definitely would have gotten vegan infused ice cream for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, we saw a ton of people that we've talked about in the past. Um, District Hemp. Yeah. That you've bought products from. Barbara up there. there. Uh, yeah, we, we got yeah. to meet the, the owner. Yeah. Um, and that's what was so cool, to actually put faces to um, the brands and see the people that, you know, pour their sweat and tears and blood into these businesses in cannabis. Miss Stribling. Uh, yeah, Luan um, was there with uh, Marilyn Normal. Uh, who she was sharing a little booth with, with her treats, uh, both infused and not. Um, she had some delicious, delicious goodies uh, that she was lovely enough to bless Miranda and I with. Yes. Um, that white chocolate lemon cookie cake. I don't know what you call it, ma'am, but that is delicious. And it is good. Delightful. It is um, <laughs> fantastic that you only gave me one because I would have found myself... <laughs> Um, in, in too, too much heaven, uh, it was, yeah, just absolutely fantastic. And it was absolutely fantastic to meet you, um, and see your face in person after watching all this fantastic content you make, uh, with Stribble Treats and with Can A Woman Heal. Absolutely. And, um, she's, I, she's really doing good community work that I, I mean, I just, I can't get enough of her content for that reason alone look the lady teaches you how to garden she teaches you how to cook she talks to you about uh taking care of yourself um and taking time to regenerate and recuperate um yeah she's responsible she talks about the negative aspects of cannabis and how she you know abused cannabis in the past before you know finding the right balance of absolutely you know what she her her medibles honest (laughs) yeah about her journey and i'm here for it yeah she she you know i think more often than not uses her microdose medicated edibles yeah. Um, and you don't have to take our word for it. You can go follow the lady. Um, <laughs> we can, uh, you know, link to her yet again uh, because we can't get enough of her, as we said. Uh, but yeah, District Hemp, I bought a delicious CBD beverage from them, like a seltzer water blood orange thing with 15 milligrams of CBD in nice. it. I don't know. It was wet <laughs> and cool. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> At that point in time, that's really all I was going for. If the CBD gave me any additional chill out, that was fine. Because I was smoking a fair amount. Were you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I didn't even notice. Well, I mean, I mean, there were, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of smoke in the air. <laughs> we saw, if you've ever seen video online of the, the dudes or ladies with the leaf blower with the bowl attached to it, we saw one of those take place. Yeah. You know, with a homemade version of that PVC piping, this guy was blowing, uh, I mean, presumably legal hemp flower, non-THC, um, wink, wink, uh, into, yeah, right, smoke into the crowd. (laughs) 
<laughs> As I mentioned to Miranda before we started recording this, I saw somebody that was sitting in a grow tent that they were hotboxing with some sort of like automatic, smoke. yeah, smoke device. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good time. There was yeah. there was a lot of stuff. There were a lot of different tents uh, where you could sit and listen to talks. I listened to a oh you you yeah, was the yeah, talk. yeah you came to the regenerative grow talk yeah. um where people were talking about you know uh keeping that co2 in the soil and how effective hemp is for you know helping to clean up our atmosphere if you grow it the right way and um you could learn about uh, like we said, the legislation, there was the health and wellness tent, uh, mm-hmm. where I saw them leading yoga exercises yeah. for people, which was cool to see people just laying down on yoga mats in the middle of this super baths. crazy, hectic festival. Oh yeah. There were people, <laughs> I mean, there was music coming from everywhere. Food trucks yeah. had music coming. Um, one food truck had like a, um, steel drum player oh he was fantastic there was a dj uh that was playing some great roots reggae stuff i heard some sister nancy i heard some bounty killer i heard all kinds of good stuff um did you see the freestyle rap I on? did see the cypher stage yeah oh that's what it was the cypher stage the, yeah. the the look i'm not here to hate on anybody the gentleman that was up there when i was walking by was not my cup of tea and he, I kept waiting for like the next dude to grab the mic, but this dude st- was up there for like minutes holding the mic. And I really didn't like, he came out in the crowd. He tried to get his height. Look, like I said, Rap I'm not hating pass. on anybody. <laughs> it was hot out there. It was, it was, yeah, I, it was not the easiest crowd maybe at that moment, myself included because <laughs> it was hot out was there, hot. Yeah. but I wanted the mic to get passed to some of the other people on stage. The brothers. <clears throat> I'm just saying. Rap, rap, pass. It was, yeah, I, I <laughs> thought a cypher was supposed to go around. And if if it had passed the mic to somebody else, I think I might have stayed longer to check them out. Yeah, I, I stuck around for a while. There was, some, there was some interesting stuff going on there. I'm here. I love rap. I unapologetically fucking love rap. I mean, you know me. I know. Some of the, right. some of the first music I owned um, was Easy E's, Easy Does It, yep. and uh, and some goofy stuff, too, like Fat Boys. Like, I, I got big into beatboxing really early on because I heard early Fat Boys <laughs> and Biz Marquee. Well, we were, you know... We came breaking, up... Breaking to Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, well, we came I up mean, when hip-hop was really coming, coming, up. coming up. Yeah, I mean, the, the early 80s is... Uh, I mean, so I I got exposed to stuff that I wasn't necessarily old enough for mm-hmm. because I had much older brothers. And, you listening? Uh, much, <laughs> much older brothers and sisters. Um, but yeah, so we used to listen to Houdini's radio show oh, out of New York. You yeah. could get it late at night in Baltimore on like the hot summer nights. Like those radio waves would bounce around and shit, whatever. Anyway, um, but yeah. There was lots of cool music. Um, another cool organization that I ran into that I'm interested in learning more about and actually volunteering with is an organization called Cannabis in Common. And what they do is they provide um, volunteer educators to go sit at music festivals like the guy that I talked to there um, to you know help raise awareness about cannabis legislation and causes yeah. and local politicians, etc., so I signed up for their email list, and I'm looking forward to getting an email from them and potentially going and experiencing that 
and talking, you know, about that experience um, on the show. Yeah. You know, about doing some actual advocacy work myself. There was a lot there. And then we get into, like, I mean, the amount of product. Uh, yeah. Papers, well, that... cones, different types of cones, new ways to roll blunts, blunt rolling school, joint rolling competitions. Holy shit. Yeah, so I we... Mean... <laughs> So some of the brands, I was surprised I didn't see the folks from Growth, actually. Um, but I did right. see uh, on their Instagram that they were at one of the Maryland Cannabis, or one of the Virginia Cannabis Festivals, maybe. Probably. So, you know, maybe too few people to go around to get to everything, uh, plus run their juice bar yes, and all that stuff. Businesses. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, we ran into the people from the Bouquets brand, which we've mentioned before. Local, black-owned. Uh, yeah, we were talking to them while we were uh, getting ready to listen to Doug Here. Gansler and, and Gary speak. Um, we also ran into the folks from Pearl, and that's an interesting product. Um, I'll link to the video from their website, but it's it's got like a little pouch down at the front of it where you can kind of start storing start the weed. Yeah. Um, and then I guess kind of just it naturally tapers towards the end and you can put your filter in. My uh, girlfriend and her friend actually bought some of the papers, so I'll have to ask them. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to see how easy they are to pack. They, Otherwise, I mean, they, you know, he gave us a little demonstration while we were standing there, and it looked like, like I said, I roll with tips personally. Right. And if you roll with tips, I find that the tip kind of um, guides the cone process. Yeah. Guides the shape of the spliff along. Um, but if you're not used to rolling with tips or if you're not used to rolling with the type of tip that you roll up that creates that kind of cone where you can put Mm -hmm. the end of the paper in. This makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Cause it's it's almost like you're, you're making a little, yeah, exactly. I think that's a good way. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. And that's the front of it kind of does look like a canoe the way it, Mm -hmm pinches together and comes up on the side creates a little pouch in the front um i'm interested interested to see how that that front end lights and burns when you light it because i would assume there's some sort of adhesive even if it's just like a natural gum right Right. to keep it bunched up like that so does that create that you know kind of weird burn on one side or another so I don't know. I'm driving out to uh, to hang out with my girlfriend <laughs> next week, so maybe I'll check out the papers and let you know. Scott's girlfriend is real. She doesn't live in Canada. Oh, that's funny. Uh, no, I, I wish she lived in Canada. That would give me an excuse to go up and visit Canada. But, no, but she's then, I, awesome. yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, products galore. Um, the, the people from Purple Pro were there selling their machine that allows you to do home testing of either your homegrown weed or to, um, you know, double check the numbers on the stuff that you bought at the dispensary. Yeah. Or, you know, at the latest cannabis gifting event, depending on what type of market you're in. Um but yeah, it was interesting. I stood and watched a demonstration. It was it has like a little um, grinder type piece to it uh, where you kind of uh, grind up the flour and then put it in the apparatus that goes onto the um, testing plate or testing device. Uh-huh. 
and then it shoots i i want to say it was about maybe 15 20 seconds it shot the results from the test supposedly <laughs> you know phone. uh directly to his cell phone yeah and he held up the phone and it was a guy that had brought his homegrown flower with him oh, that gave him some flour to sample and i think he said the thc was at like eight percent and that the cbd was at like two something percent and the guy said that it was a medical strain for him that he mm-hmm. used for you know daytime use for anti-anxiety blah 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 and those numbers are great for that yeah right yeah. i mean if if look if you can get away with it for sure yeah. <laughs> you want to keep your numbers as manageable oh as God. possible as long as you can um, but yeah, they were, they were interesting to see because I've seen the, the T check machine before. And I think we've mentioned on the podcast once or twice before, yeah. um, the T check device where you can test your homemade oils and concentrates and things like that. Um, and I have seen that device in use before, um, but I've never seen one that actually tested, uh, physical flour. Um, and this one does not do concentrates. No. Yeah, yeah, no, it's dry dry herb only, mm-hmm. and it does not test for terpenes. Um, it doesn't even test for, um, like, mold and things like that. It is strictly testing for, for THC and CBD. THC and CBD, and then I think maybe CBD or CBG. Now, I thought THC there was... THC and CBD. I thought there was a third number listed when he showed the... Um, when he held up his phone to show us the uh, the results, but anyway, uh, definitely THC and CBD. So, and it looks like it's fairly accurate, at least from the literature. I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows? We we only saw. Yeah, I, obviously Linus has his doubts. Um, we only saw that one demonstration, and we don't know what the percentages of the flower that the gentleman presented to him were. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it definitely operated very quickly. The guy whose bud was tested didn't seem offended or you know disbelieving of the numbers right. when the gentleman showed him the results. He was like, oh, yeah, well, that, that's what I grow it for, basically. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I guess if you're interested, you can check them out. Purple Pro, P-U-R-P-L Pro. Um, you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. LinkedIn at uh, Purple Scientific if you want to get more information. Uh, obviously, we are not paid to promote them. We don't know how accurate their testing device is. Just a curious little thing. Just thought it was an interesting thing. I, you know, I've been thinking about getting a T-check for years. I just don't make enough edibles, uh, i.e. any edibles at home right now. <laughs> um, but if I let my card lapse this time around, <laughs> depending on when it becomes legal for us to grow, right. uh, we'll see. And I might purchase that T-check machine eventually. Um, but yeah. The, Speaking it, of, you also ran into someone who actually runs a testing facility yes looking forward to i think we mentioned a few episodes ago or i think at least i mentioned a few episodes ago that i would love to speak to somebody from a testing laboratory and lo and behold i ran into another brandon there's brandon's (laughs) all over this industry apparently um because we've got our uh, interview coming up with brandon from tricom institute for you all uh next week 
Um, but anyway, uh, we ran into uh, Brandon Thorpe, uh, who is Dr. Brandon Thorpe, PhD. Oh. Um, and he is the laboratory director at Sativa Testing Laboratories down in Chesterfield, Virginia. Um, and you can find more information uh, about their company at www.sativatest.com. Um, they do. I asked him on the spot if they did testing from outside of the state mm -hmm. uh, because we are not testers. Uh, we are not doctors. We are not growers. We are not. What are we adding to the list? Lawyers. Not lawyers, right? Um. Uh, <laughs> We are not legislatures or les legislators. Uh, yeah, we're not testers either. Uh, but Brandon is, and he's the director of the testers, in fact. Um, and he said that he would be happy to come on and chat with us about what it exactly is that they do, uh, what they look for, how they do it. Um, if you are a home grower in whatever state you're in, whether it is D.C. or Virginia or another state where it's legal for you to grow um, your own medicine, you can send your flower to them to test. Right and uh, we will talk to them about how you can do that. Or again, you can go look them up on the World Wide Webs and figure out how to do it yourself. Uh, but we are looking forward to reaching out to Brandon and setting up that conversation for sure. Um, we ran into several people that we yeah. look forward to talking to. Um, we saw a travel agency. Oh, yeah. Um, run by some um, black women who, you know, we always love to promote uh, not only uh, women-owned businesses. Women businesses, but also minority-owned businesses specifically. Um, so we talked to the ladies from Front Row Travels. Uh, their motto is be seen, be felt, be heard. Word. Which, yeah, I, I'm, I'm into. <laughs> they set up trips, um, cannabis-focused trips uh, around the that. world, uh, not just in the U.S., but also in places like Canada and other markets in Europe where adult use has been decriminalized or is being decriminalized, um, but also, you know, here within the States, obviously, places like California and Oregon and Colorado, where you have actual cannabis lounges and cannabis destination hotels and Airbnbs. I feel like and cannabis destination vacations have become the thing to do now. I mean, I can't wait. I was really bummed out that the Airbnb <laughs> that I was staying in uh, was so anti-smoke. And I get it. You know, you've, you've got to be uh, accessible for everybody sure. and people with asthma issues or people that are even just sensitive to strong odors or, you know, it can be burdensome um, if you're if you've got quick turnaround time on your place to uh, air it out or what have you. But I have started to see and we've mentioned before on the podcast now started to see some Airbnbs and some places that are, you know, specifically targeting cannabis tourism. Yeah. And and starting to cater to that market. So uh, we look forward to potentially talking to the ladies from uh, Front Row Travels and, yeah. and seeing what they can tell us about, you know, what your options are and what kind of packages they put together. Because I think it's everything from, um, you know, kind of curating a whole trip for you Word. to just booking the travel to that destination, you know. Cool. Um, yeah, that so that would be something I would definitely be into because that's I'm not taking vacations anymore where I can't smoke weed. 
I mean, I, I mean, I don't Europe know that I can excluded at this moment, but <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not going anywhere where yeah, where there's not a dispensary. I'm much happier about it if I'm if I'm able to access cannabis legally. Yes. <laughs> wherever 110%. I am. Whether it's a place that does reciprocation on medical licenses and I can use my, you know, Maryland license in a place like uh, D.C. or to or if get... it's just adult use, like right. someplace like Nevada. Exactly. Um, either way, good, good by me. So I'm happy to hopefully talk to the ladies and identify uh, more of those places and, um, you know, talk to them about the places where I've been, they've been, because I've done, you know, Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam before, yeah. and I've gone back to Amsterdam not during Cannabis Cup and experienced it a little less touristy, um, but still a fair amount of co- coffee shop visitation, of course. Um, local customs. Exactly, as my mother said. Are you enjoying <laughs> the local customs? Yes, mother. I am enjoying the local customs. But yeah, I think overall it was a really... It was an eye-opening and interesting experience. Again, neither of us have been many places in two years. So it was, I I think, a little bit of a shock to all of us as well. We've talked in the past before about how D.C. is a bit of a Wild West market. It is. Because of what ridiculous Andy Harris has done Mm -hmm. to stop them from creating... Um, the framework for a legal industry to operate openly and to generate more tax revenue and to allow people to access safer, better flower concentrates, whatever it is. Um, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of, you know, this gifting culture where you buy a $50 t-shirt and you get a bag with it or... You buy a $60 bottle of juice and you get a gram of concentrate with it. Yep. And uh, we did not expect the amount of that that we were going to see at this festival. I thought that I would see more education, more um, – and it's not necessarily a good or bad thing. No. It's just not precisely what we expected when we signed up to go to it National very, Cannabis Fest. It, it wasn't so much shocking as it was – maybe it was a little shocking because I think because of the rules and regulations of the festival – See, I and and uh, our friends that were with us um, said the same thing. I kind of expected it to be a free for all as far as the amount of smoking going yes. on. I did not expect it to be as much commerce yes. oriented as it were. Not mad about it. No. Uh, <laughs> as far and, as I'm concerned, and I, I think. We, it should be able to happen that way. Absolutely. And we absolutely support cottage industry. And we do not believe that the only people that should be allowed to operate in cannabis should be people that have spent hundreds of thousands. Do you mind, buddy? If not millions of dollars to bribe their way into. Oh, did I say bribe? Yeah. Oh, uh, their way into (laughs) acquiring, you know, licenses to operate, quote unquote, legally. Um, And yet numerous of these companies end up getting fined for 
uh, you know, improprieties and illicit behaviors and don't lose their licenses. Yep. Uh, But anyway, um, soapbox aside, uh, the point being... We're certainly not saying that there was anything wrong with anyone who was there selling whatever they were selling yesterday. No. No problem with it whatsoever. Not at all. Just not what we were per se expecting. Yeah. It was a a more hot and humid and chaotic experience, (laughs) not an unpleasant one. No. Now, it was great to see everybody we saw. Um, It was great to see the sense of community that was happening. Absolutely. There were people... I talk, I can bang bang on a door about community, um, but oh my god, I felt elated leaving there because Absolutely. I was like, this is how it should be. There should be, you know, a space where people can go and be together and listen to music and experience this plant um, together. Well, and where it's where it's people from. You know, the medicinal side of things where it's people from the health and, uh, you know, herbal wellness side of things where it's people from the advocacy side of things. People were there that make edibles. People were there that blow glass and create art. People were there that create music. You know, Um, you had the tent for veterans and resources for veterans that were there. Um, to help veterans get the access that they need to their medicine. You had people that were there talking to people about expungement um, Mm -hmm. and clearing people's records, whether, again, it was Last Prisoner Project or Free My Weed Man or, you know, there are multiple um, organizations that we will link to. And like I said, we'll be lining up interviews with these people in the future to... um, you know, find out more about their organizations and help amplify their voices and shine a spotlight on the good work that they're doing. So it was a great mix of all of that. Yeah. I saw, you know, we saw that that guy that was in like the weed ninja costume. There was the astronaut. There was the astronaut. There was the young lady that had her chest body painted. She was I not, did not see her. Oh, she was not wearing a top at all. She had oh, weed her. leaves painted over her breasts. As she should her be able areola. To Absolutely. Nipple. Absolutely. You couldn't you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't see anything. I mean look, I didn't look too hard. She was walking with her man. I didn't want to be a gawker. I appreciated the statement that she made and I kept my eyes moving. Um but but yeah, no, so it was it was a little bit of everything. Um there were people that had humongous tents set up that were obviously just chilling in their for the tent day. for the for the music yeah. and just smoking their tent up all day. Um yeah, it was it was cool. It was very cool. The food was great. Uh the vibes were great. I ran into um people that I know just socially from out yep. in the world, um, which is always nice to to connect with somebody on a new level. Like, oh shit! Like, I knew you <laughs> I smoked. You. I didn't know you smoked enough to come to the National Cannabis Festival per se. Um, but no, it was definitely very cool. Um, I would do it again, hopefully on a cooler day. Yeah. Well, you had the umbrella. You came prepared at least, and I still was as prepared as you could be. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I should have been in shorts. Um, I, I maybe should have had a bucket hat on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a wild time. If if you've ever wondered what an event like that is like, 
uh, that's that's probably you're going to experience some sort of uh, debauchery, yeah. uh, some bacchanalian uh, delights. <laughs> next year, I want to maybe what maybe try another one. Because there are a whole bunch of them what were happening this weekend. Absolutely. There were multiple other festivals here in Maryland, also in neighboring states. New Jersey went legal um, while we were down at the National Cannabis Festival. So we could have driven up to Jersey and experienced their adult use market. Um, They just transitioned from just medicinal into adult use as well, um, a.k.a. recreational People always look at me sideways when I say (laughs) adult use. use. I keep trying to drill it into you folks. I really don't like recreational. I mean, I get it. Sometimes I use cannabis recreationally as well, but it's just a, it's just a, a semantic thing with me where I try to use the word cannabis instead of using the word marijuana or weed. Mm -hmm. And I try to use the word adult use as opposed to using recreational. It's just a stigma thing. Um, So anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, I would totally be into that. And I mean, I said to um, the the folks that we were with, I would totally be into trying to come next year with a press pass. Yeah. Um, because not going to lie, a few people looked at me a little strange when I asked them if I could record things. And that's part of why I chose to not um, continue to try to engage people by recording um, or to right. record any of the speakers. Um, because security did act a little funny when they saw the recorder in my bag, but he let me come in with it. But then when the first people we asked to record kind of were like, record it, um, it was like, okay, you know what? Let's just go by memory and talk about the vibe rather than try to get everything word for word. And that gives us more opportunity again to follow up with these people and to give you all the links for these people and to just give you more information on the website or through Instagram or Facebook or what have you. So uh, look for more of this content coming up within the next few days and weeks. Also, um, the next episodes that we have coming up are going to be a treat for you as we talk with Chef Brandon um, from Tricome Institute about their new cooking classes and just cannabis chefs Chefs and general experiences. Right. Yeah, it's good. It's it, they're good interviews. You're gonna really love them. <laughs> we certainly hope you enjoy them as much as we enjoyed having them. We ended up talking to Chef Brandon for over two hours about a number of different topics. Uh, we actually break the interview up into a couple chunks for you um, because we covered such a wide variety of topics that we didn't want to uh, cut any of it short. We wanted yeah. you to hear it all. So um, look forward to that within the coming weeks. Um, again, as always, we appreciate the support so much. Uh, you can always find us at our website, theheadyconversation.com. Um, you can find me directly at your cannabis coach on Instagram. And you can find me at Our Lady of Mary Jane on Instagram. Uh, so yeah, we'll be seeing you in the next week with Chef Brandon. Take care of yourselves and each other. And party. Party.